Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, this is Sharon Swing. Welcome back to the One Life Maps podcast, Being Found in God's Story. Today our, our episode is Inviting Souls Out of Hiding, because we realize that telling your story can be a vulnerable thing to do. I'm here today with Joan Kelly. Hi, everybody. She's our Director of Facilitator Development with One Life Maps and and a spiritual director and also uh, a teacher of spiritual practice um, in various different forms and just so excited to have Joan with us today. Sybil Towner. Greetings. Listening to my life, spiritual director, director, founder of the Springs uh, uh, Retreat Center. I, I could go on and on with Just, all the different pieces of things that you do. So, so glad you're here. Yeah, somewhere. and it's wonderful to be uh, part of this topic today. Yeah, this is a topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts, mm-hmm. and I am thrilled to be able to be talking about inviting souls out of hiding. This vulnerable act of of telling our stories and we know because we listen to people what kind of holy ground experiences can happen in the midst of someone vulnerably sharing their story and it's not just for our benefit but listening in service to another so let's talk a little bit about that what does it mean to create a place where people can actually feel free to share their stories. What are some of the aspects of what that looks like? I mean, I think initially it's about um, even the people around the table, Mm -hmm. that they know how they're going to be with one another. They might not get it right, but that there's some kind of guardrails for the way that we're going to listen to one another. Mm -hmm. And that we really hold to that guardrail, that um, that, that space has, uh, has been created. Because when you think about the word soul, which is kind of nebulous to a lot of people, but I would say one expression of it, it's my truest self coming forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so... Um, I've learned how to hide that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've hidden it from ourselves in the busyness of life and, and all to recognize that our soul even exists or needs care or needs to be listened to is quite a stretch in a lot of people's lives. They've never had a space to be listened to and know what a gift that might be. I mean, how often have we been told well, I've never told anyone that before mm-hmm. because you have helped create this space. You've, I really like to think about it as holding their story in mm-hmm. your hands, you know, mm-hmm. to some degree with listening. You're not, you know, you're not fixing, you're not moving um, towards them. They're, they're just allowed to share. So, so one of the things in creating a safe space for the listener is believing that everything that is necessary for that person to speak at that moment what is true for them and the resources that are necessary are in that person. Mm-hmm. 
and also to not try to get out of them something that they are really not ready to say. Right, that they can remain in control of their own story, what they choose to share, what they choose not to share, um, what they uh, just hopefully be able to tell the truth, to not spin it. It's not an interview. I mean, when we're doing interviews, you know, somebody might tell a story of how they left their last job, which maybe they actually really got fired from, but they have to put a good spin on it to make it sound okay for the person who's, you know, their interviewee. And, you know, and sometimes we start to believe our own spin on our own Mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And somehow an acceptable story to ourselves about ourselves in the midst of it. And it's in the midst of the honesty where we can actually make progress, where Mm -hmm. we we turn experience into wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes we put up filters even that we're telling the story through to another person. And eventually over time you have so many layers and filters that you don't really let that real story out because you're guarding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, and and you have also um, uh, another way of saying the filters, you have, you have managed what the story mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and... To protect, in some ways, what it really isn't, mm-hmm. or what it really is. Right, and I think we're always asking questions. You know, am I going to be acceptable? Am I enough? You know, all of all of the doubts and questions that people can bring with them um, are come come screeching into the room <laughs> when you when it, when you start talking about sharing your story. And uh, we crave it, but we also <laughs> resist it. Right. And that, uh, I mean, that takes us on some other lines. But I, I thought of the initial story that we're given when uh, God walked in the garden and said, where are you? And, um, and the story got a bit spun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and there was fear was in that story. Fear of having done something that they had been told not to do. And, uh, and so they even there created a story to sign, kind of make themselves okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I recently heard a definition of myth, uh, not as uh, untrue, but actually so true that there's no other way to tell that truth other than a story. And that story of in Genesis and the story of creation is one of those that makes you sigh and groan given the truth of what it exposes in us. It's not just a story about people way back when, and there are people that would disagree whether or not that's the actual historic Mm -hmm. story or not, but it is nonetheless, regardless of where you fall on that, uh, it is true of us. Mm -hmm. So so in that, one of the things that we know, and the um, Tyler, um, the author of Curious, Tiger, 
Uh, Casey Tigret. Casey Tigret. But um, Casey spoke of, um, of memories, and he also spoke of there's a propelling to want to get to the other side. There's something beautiful. So there is in us, we're always looking, is this a person who might know me? Is this a person who would accept me? So that's built into our DNA. And I think it's a part of what God has created in us that keeps putting us in spaces that, I wonder if this person could hear my story and and receive me. Because otherwise, we would go in isolated, um, in much more isolated patterns. But there is this God-placed desire to know and be known that keeps looking for a place that the truest part of myself can be spoken and received. So we let fear get in the way. We let mm-hmm. shame get in the mm-hmm. way. That's a big one. We, that's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Regret, mm-hmm. I think, is another thing. Yeah, uh, just, that it can't be fixed. Yeah, that uh, we're not enough or it can't be fixed. Yeah, that, that sense of hopelessness mm-hmm. um, that we can feel when we feel stuck. And we don't want to be fixed, but yet we know we need to be fixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of part, part kind of, of passive-aggressive, aren't we? <laughs> right. So that's one of the ways, um, that passive-aggressive is one of the ways of being resigned, and yet that passive part is still is still needing to be heard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look, we just, we might say, well, this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we look passive um, or we look resigned, but in fact, it's just gone down under mm-hmm. until there's a space that opens it up. I wish I could remember there was a movie <coughs> watched where somebody... Was, was starting to tell their tell a piece of their story, and they said, no, that's not true. And then they'd start to tell it again. They'd go, no, oh, that's not really true. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like we, we need several chances at it to get down to what's really true. And that's a vo- very vulnerable spot that a lot of times we don't get to alone. We need each other in that. So we have to figure out how to become trustworthy people. And with Listen to My Life, we we often talked about the fact that that we've been taught to be great conversationalists, or hopefully we've gotten to be at least (coughs) good conversationalists. Um, But we're going to use some listening guidelines, some of those guide the guide rails, Mm -hmm. um, to not try to be a good conversationalist, but to be a good listener, so that something more profound can happen. And so that's where, with Listen to My Life, this life mapping process where we, where we reflect and we document our story on these visual maps, and then we actually come to a place where we share our stories. Um, we use these listening guidelines, uh, and we teach our facilitators how to use them in 
in different ways and teach groups of people how to uh, how to listen to one another. These are not professional listeners a lot of times that we're dealing with. So we have to create these common understanding of the listening guidelines and create, we call it a listening laboratory, so that uh, we don't expect people to be perfect listeners um, because we're learning how to listen. We're actually learning how to be trustworthy people with yes. other people's stories. And listening is the skill that notes that trustworthiness. And that trustworthiness is trusting and believing in God in that other person's story. Mm-hmm. And that we are not God. We are a companion who believes in God for them, mm-hmm. which creates a way of listening that actually frees that other person mm-hmm. who has been fixed, told, had something done to them over their lifetime to actually appreciate and own the words that they're saying is pretty profound. When we're really, for that other person, we're holding hope for them. And we're holding their story, but mm-hmm. they're trying to move towards this freedom. And in the meantime, we get the privilege of holding hope for them until they can hold hope again. Yes, and so a part of it is holding the silence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when a person begins their story and they're actually being listened to, their mind is able to collect the words together and they they may go into a period of silence. And to hold that silence, believing that something is at work, is a part of becoming trustworthy, as you put it, Sharon. Right. That that's one of the listening guidelines is is to is to respect the silence in there, and to allow it to happen. And if we can, in these listening sessions, have it be normative for silence to happen, because it feels so uncomfortable in the normal course of conversation. If you've just said something vulnerable, and then it's like crickets. Nobody says anything. Nobody responds. Almost then, then of course, it has all the opportunities to get into your brain. Like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that. What an idiot am I? You know, any any kind yes. of, of of chatter that that would that would go on in our brain, it it escalates. The volume goes mm-hmm. up. But yet, in the silence, if we are looking at the other person, knowing that there's no judgment, and the silence happens, and we can just notice what's happening inside of ourselves as the speaker. Those are the places where I am. I have experienced, and I know for other people, that's where the Holy Spirit can get a word in edgewise. Yes. Right in the midst of that silence. So it's really a work of submission. Mm, say a few more words sub- about that. If, of submitting ourselves to God, surrendering to Him, and submitting ourselves to the other person. Mm -hmm. (coughs) You expressed it in getting out of the way. Um, But it is not about us. It is about the other person. And, uh, And there are so few people who do that. And in some ways, you're, there's no such thing as 
a professional listener. A true listener is a beginner every time. Mm. I mean, it, it, it just atrophies. And that is where the silence actually helps. It's if we, as a listener, will submit ourselves to God, submit ourselves to the other person in the quiet and begin a dialogue of prayer, of holding that person before the Lord, that, um, that we are entering that three-way space where the Holy Spirit is present, where we're present, and where the other person is able, is really, is able to come into that hospitable, hospitable space. So that kind of space where the, the circle, and it's really a circle, um, uh, has been created um, for an intimate interaction to take place. And the knowing part of me, the known part of me to God, to myself, to others, is actually able to speak or not speak. Mm-hmm. It, it sometimes, I think, is wordless. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Because we're once again, we're talking about recognizing and responding to God in my story. And it necessitates a, <laughs> a bit of silence to be able to discern what's going on inside of me, to become self-aware, to, to become God-aware. And then also just almost have a, a, a lack of care about how another person responds. Mm-hmm. To be able to create a space where, where I'm not getting hooked by how someone else is going to respond to my story. I don't have to worry about caring for their emotions in the midst of mm-hmm. my story. I don't have to worry about the ju- any judgment or whatever else. When When we're being a safe listener... That's the feeling that happens in the person who's speaking. But it's hard. (laughs) And that silence part is hard because the world says conversations, you know, Sybil will often say are like a ping pong match, right? Mm -hmm. You hit the ball, but you're you're immediately as they're you're looking for the cue when they're they're about done so that you can interject. (laughs) Wait for this wait for the inhale. That wonderful thought that you've had this whole time when you're not really listening to them. Um, that's what happens in normal course of conversation sometimes. And yep. we're inviting them into something completely different and new, perhaps, to them. Right. They haven't felt this before. Right. And I, I do think what is another piece that enters in there is, um, as we're doing our own work as a listener, is, um, is our view or our image of God uh, because it shapes the way... We are the way we see ourselves, but it also shapes the way we see another. And uh, realizing that they are an image bearer. And that uh, song of Alana Levinowski, um, I'm going to look twice at you until I see the Christ in you. That sitting before me is someone that is I will not ever meet anywhere else. And... Um, to be present to them, which is actually the only place where there is any power, is in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So a part of listening 
is simply being present. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so hard. Mm-hmm is actually getting ourselves in the present moment. So sometimes um, in, if, we're, if we're preparing ourselves to, to hear a story, to listen, or to be the one who's speaking, to be able to precede that with a period of silence so that we can become present to ourselves, to God, and to one another. Um, we have various different ways that sometimes we do that, but sometimes it's just giving a period of silence and if the person is about to speak, if we're doing a workshop, we'll say, just invite the Holy Spirit to prompt you as to, to speak what is most important. You know, we're never going to be able to listen to someone's whole story, right? So what do you choose? And that aspect of giving God a, a chance to point our attention to speaking what's most important becomes uh, you know, part of what makes it all work, what makes it beneficial for ourselves as speakers. Um, the listener is kind of a blank canvas in terms of it doesn't matter to them what gets spoken. Um, they're just their job there is to be present so that you can hear the Holy Spirit. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that three way listening piece that we keep dipping into. But I want to get to the listening guidelines. Let's talk for a second just through those. So, um, Joan, why don't you talk just a little bit about participation as invited. And not demanded. And not demanded. (laughs) It's really um, allowing everybody to be in control of their story, of what they share, of what they share this day for this time with this unique set of people that they are sitting with. Um, They choose how they're going to tell it. They choose what they're going to tell and we're going to give them the the safe space for them um, to do that. Um, and I think that space that you just talked about sharing the time even before they begin of just giving them a minute even of quiet to come before God and say, okay, God, what, what's important for me to share this day, this time with this group? And actually the second listening guideline is invite the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is um, is being aware mm-hmm. that that we can gain that kind of guidance mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah, and and uh, in the invitation of um, inviting the spirit of even understanding what the spirit does, the spirit comforts, the spirit guides, um, the spirit teaches, brings wisdom. Yeah. So, um, and and we'll we'll speak all things. So, um, what is required is my presence. And then uh, the next guideline is confidentiality. And when I think about this, I think about the meaning of the word. Con means with, and fidelity is faithfulness. And so, um, being faithful to God with that person's story and uh, that they have entrusted it to me and that um, that it can be safe there. Well, and it's their story to tell. Yes, absolutely. Let them own it. Okay, and so then the next listening guideline is focused attention. And focused attention is, it's interesting. In this kind of listening, it does mean eye contact, but not always eye contact the whole time. 
um, it it may because sometimes when a person is speaking, they'll actually put their face down, or sometimes people will close their eyes mm-hmm. because they're really trying to gather mm-hmm. what is what is in them, and um, so um, so so I think focused attention is that I'm present with them, my whole body. So how I'm sitting, um, what I'm eating or drinking is really not uh, important at that particular time. I think water is just about enough. Um, And um, that I don't have a phone. Uh, I might say to someone, I'm going to take a few notes and get their permission, <coughs> but I am with them, with my body, with my mind, and with my spirit. So there's the outward manifestation of focused attention, and there's the inward manifestation of focused attention. And really, both of those things, there's just, as I heard you talk, there's openness. Yes, there's an open yeah. posture with your yes. body. There's an openness of your heart. There's an openness of your mind of just being really present. Right. And there's a mutuality mm-hmm. of uh, the way I'm seated, mm-hmm. that we are here together in the presence of Christ, mm-hmm. the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the presence of the Father. And um, that it's there's no hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Now, that leads perfectly into the next guideline, which is unconditional acceptance. And I love how we wrote it in the listening guidelines in the introduction booklet. By the way, you can download the introduction booklet to listen to my life off of the website at onelifemaps.com. But unconditional acceptance is offered as a form of giving grace, is what we said there. And I think that speaks volumes in terms of who we believe God is, the grace giver, the grace provider, um, and that we're just modeling that to other people in that kind of a way. And that's where our surrender to the Holy Spirit is so important because none of us have it in us to give unconditional acceptance. But if we give Christ room in us to accept that person, he does it. Right. Knowing that there's nothing that someone can share that um, that God doesn't already know. Well, and it's about curiosity, too, of letting them be curious together uh, with God. Yes, and, and that's wonder instead of judgment, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, I mm-hmm. wonder what it would be like to be in this person's shoes, um, as opposed to they shouldn't have made that choice or whatever else. And what a great life skill, right? <laughs> What a great life skill. I think about how many different conversations would go better if we all were curious um, along the way in that way. Next guideline is no fixing, rescuing, or advising. Right. This is only helpful in a lake. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> well, this is where I can rescue someone. Oh, in a, well, that's where it's permitted? Yeah, yes, that's where it's permitted. <laughs> Please, yes. if needed. Yes. Um, so there are um, a few places, but many of us like to fix, advise, and rescue on a regular basis. And uh, because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel worthwhile. 
and that is not what is needed for this case, that uh, we may be tampering where God is at work. And some things are pretty messy, and they need to stay messy for a while while God is in the business of sorting it out. Mm-hmm. And this one, this one's just plain hard. I mean, we've all been in small group scenarios, situations where this has happened, and you know it does. And when when I feel like I'm getting fixed, I shut down. Mm-hmm. My and soul goes into hiding. Yes, exactly. And when I think about uh, a small, a particular small group that didn't last long for myself, uh, this is what people thought the the deal was. You come with a problem and you get advice, and that's what it meant. And it, it was just so. I didn't. I couldn't name it way back when when it happened. But this guideline, I, I, I think, it probably got worded in here with me remembering that <laughs> small group <laughs> and what it felt like to be a part of that, and us yeah. just having this error about a, ourselves that we could be the fixers and the yeah. rescuers and the advisors right. in other yeah. people's lives. This is God's work. This is not ours. Well, and really, people just want to be heard. <laughs> they don't want to be fixed as much as we think they do. Yeah, and this this brings up the fact that people can ask for what they need at the mm-hmm. end um, from us. If they need prayer, they can ask for prayer. If they If they're looking for advice... Or they want to ask a question like, "Is there another way to look at this?" Well, or, here, yes. they can so choose if, to ask that if they want to. Yes. Otherwise, it's it's kind of off of us. And and one of the ways, um, if you are one of those advice givers, um, when somebody asks you because you've just been waiting, now they've asked for it, and <laughs> I can dive in. Mm-hmm. But here's one of my little um, ways of doing it. I say, "Well, that." That's really a good question. I wonder if someone was asking you <laughs> about this, I wonder how you might respond to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn it around. And I, one, of the, one of the coaching questions that's just so crazy that you get taught along the way, it's someone will say, well, you'd, you'll ask them a question and they'll say, well, I, I just don't know. And you say, lean in and say, well, if you did know, what would it be? Yes. <laughs> and then usually they spill out this piece of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. So if you could resist <laughs> saying whatever's been building up in your brain. Yes. Um, a lot of times there's a, there, there is an internal wisdom. <laughs> if we believe that every soul was created in the image of God, um, just different people are more awake to the fact that that's the case. There is an internal wisdom that yes. people can access. Um, along the way, but to trust that. I mean, we always say in Listen to My Life that we have this really high level of trust in the Holy Spirit um, because there's all kinds of things that we have let go of trying to manage in the process. And uh, and I don't know, I don't think we've gone wrong with that. <laughs> so, okay, listen to the silence is the yes. next uh, listening guideline here. And I think we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. We did. About letting that silence hang there. For a little bit. Because something is going on, and uh, we don't need to fill it. And sometimes if, if someone stops speaking, a lot of times they'll, they'll, they may look up at you as the listener, like, like what are you, how are you going to respond? And if, and if you just very calmly look at them 
and sometimes nod or just let them know that 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 you're perfectly comfortable with the silence then hopefully they can take a deep breath and just listen into that silence inside of themselves in a way that also invites the spirit um, to speak so and and actually sometimes as the listener uh, someone will not be they they have not lived in the world of any silence and so they're moving at a pretty rapid pace in what they're sharing and so to be able to stop and say I think this might be a place to just see if God is wanting to say something. So let's just enter a space of quiet. And uh, so it it sometimes will come at the in the work of the speaker, but the listener can be attentive to it as well. To say something, mm-hmm. to hold that space open yes. for a mm-hmm. period of time. The last of the listening guidelines is affirm the gift of the stories. What does that look like? So... You know, when someone has shared very vulnerably, we actually just sat here and listened to, to Sybil's story a while ago, you know, thanking them. You know, thank you for sharing, um, you know, a, a, an acknowledgement of thanks and gratitude that you have the honor and privilege, really, of, of mm. holding their story, of listening, of experiencing God in a new way because of their story. And then, you know, following that up with some kind of, you know, emotional response, you know, when you shared about your dad and what happened for you as a child, that made me really sad and tender. I'm so sorry. So something that has an emotional response that's short, that acknowledges something that mm-hmm. you heard in there that touched you. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are two of the, um, you know, key components yes. of affirming the story. And this is a place where silence is not golden. Mm-hmm. This is a place where there is... Um, a verbalization that is um, that is necessary, I would say, and helpful, and um, and it doesn't need to be too much, but uh, just exactly what Joan spoke. So yeah. I had someone that I listened to that shared something rather vulnerable. She said at the end, after I affirmed the gift of the story and. And I just said, oh, thank you for handing me my robe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was feeling rather naked. <laughs> she, My words to her, you know, felt like I was handing her a robe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes even the day after you have that vulnerability hangover, we'll talk about of <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and they didn't hand the robe to you, and you're wondering. Yeah. yeah. And we don't want to leave someone with a question of whether or not they've been accepted in grace. Right. And that's really what the purpose of this particular Mm -hmm. piece is. We're going to do a part two that is about the three-way listening uh, piece that that we want to talk about. We've alluded to it here, but I think we can say some more about that. What do you think? Yes. We have all kinds of ways of talking about listening. (laughs) Amen. I mean, this is the, this, what we just did is absolutely basic. And, And something I've found in groups, uh, particularly, um, is that people are able to follow the instructions that you've given them for that time. 
there is the capacity in the moment to be a better listener than they ever dreamed they could be. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that two hours later they don't fall back into some other patterns rather quickly. But the beauty is the surprise of realizing I can do this and realizing the benefits of it and what they heard that they would not have heard in the normal course of conversation really creates a longing to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. You know, we called them earlier in the talk here at guardrails. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really a little bit more like curbs. You know, when you get to the side of the road because you're swayed a little bit and you hit the curb and oh, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to come back. Mm-hmm. Guardrails feels a little taller and firmer. <laughs> I just got this image. Remember um, sometimes people used to have curb feelers yes. on their cars? Yes. Kind of like these little antenna almost yeah. that went out to the side yeah. so, so that they'd scrape against the, right. the curb yeah. so before it you actually you. got there. Yeah, yeah. So it reminds like, <laughs> you that they're there and like, oh wait, I need to come back <laughs> to center. Yes, let's not bring back uh, curb feelers. No, but, let's uh, not do that. <laughs> but, oh, no, you've got a, now you have a camera. Oh, and it okay. tells me, the camera tells me, I'm too close, so there's a car behind a me. No, oh, that, no. Oh, yeah, the, the lane assist stuff. Yes, yeah. oh, yeah. I guess these are the, these are our lane assist uh, there we go. guidelines. There yes. <laughs> <laughs> no A little beep in my <laughs> head, <laughs> <A little> though. <laughs> A little beep when you're when you're changing. That's the Holy lanes. Spirit, I yes, guess. Yes, huh? exactly. That's <laughs> so good. So, everyone, thank you so so much for uh, for listening in today. And these listening guidelines are in the introduction booklet to Listen to My Life. Once again, you can get that at listentomylife.com. dot com. Um, I'm sorry, that's not true. It's onelifemaps.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> I better get that right. Huh? One, that's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. It's on the homepage there. Also, if you want to go to onelifemaps.com slash podcast, you'll get a whole listing of all of the episodes that we have done so far. Um, we'd love to have you uh, subscribe rate and also review the podcast and share it with uh, anybody who you think might be interested in these conversations at the intersection of life story and spiritual development. So for now, this is Sharon Swain, Joan Kelly, Sybil Towner. We're signing off for now and we'll see you soon. Many blessings. This podcast is sponsored by OneLifeMaps.com, creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled Listen to My Life. Maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash onelifemaps to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time... 
make the most of this one life that you've been gifted.